Welcome to the Cold Steel Surgical Podcast with your hosts Amir Farouk and Chad Ball. Welcome to another General Surgery Residency Highlight. This is another rebroadcast from last year with Dr. Sender Lieberman of McGill University. Enjoy. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Cold Steel Podcast. Could you tell us a little bit about the Montreal General Surgery Residency Program? Our program is quite a large program, maybe not the biggest in Canada, but uh, we have a a fairly good-sized program with between eight and 10 uh, um, new uh, first-year residents each year. We span uh, a pretty good swath of Montreal's teaching hospitals, uh, although we're not the only teaching center uh, in Montreal. Um, We have very big uh, university centers. We have affiliated uh, teaching hospitals, and we have some community hospitals that really make up the clinical side of our program. Um, And uh, we have a a pretty long history of excellent graduates and excellent teachers as well, uh, and uh, quite a bit of uh, strong uh, research, both output and opportunities for trainees to partake in. Um, And it's a a great place. I trained at McGill many, many years ago, and it's been a lot of fun coming back as program director uh, almost 20 years later. And, um, and so I'm very excited to, to play a part in this program. Well, McGill has a very good reputation nationally, and I might even add internationally. Um, so you talked a little bit about the research, the breadth of different environments where trainees work. What are some other highlights or strengths that you want to talk about for the McGill General Surgery Program? One of the things that our residents always comment on, and, and something that we notice, but also foster in the program is that despite being a fairly large program, we, we really have a uh, family feel to the program. All the residents know each other. Uh, the majority of attendings and residents really uh, have a, a close relationship in terms of um, uh, knowing each other and knowing each, each other's uh, background, but also skills and capabilities. Uh, and it, we're really the type of program where if you have a problem and everyone has problems from time to time and every program has issues, uh, it's the type of program where you can bring those issues to us uh, or to the General Surgery Residence Committee. uh, And we really take those things seriously and and look at uh, how we can improve things for residents. And and so people always ask about uh, strengths of a program. Well, I think our biggest strength is the ability to deal with problems when they happen. And um, also, uh, at the same time, uh, serving out an excellent uh, teaching program uh, that, uh, that really leaves nothing left uh, to, to guess about when you're heading towards your exams five years later or so. Yeah, it sounds fantastic. You know, there's no question, I think all the Canadian programs can, can put graduates in any fellowship or job that they probably desire. But... I'm curious when it comes to McGill, what, what is the flavor? What have your graduates uh, gone on to do in general? What's that sort of fellowship uh, versus direct uh, entry into their first job mix? 
Yeah, so we uh, have always made sure that anyone graduating could just go work uh, in a general surgery position somewhere. We make sure that they have all the skills that a community general surgeon or even an academic general surgeon would need. That being said, um, we do have a lot of fellowships at McGill, and so the residents are often exposed to those things. And uh, it, it's very few of our residents that don't go on to fellowship afterwards. Um, it, par partly because uh, maybe the strong research component, which really fosters a, um, a an academic flavor to the program. And, and so the residents, when they're going through our uh, training, will often really start to seek out fellowship uh, training opportunities. And um, while I don't know if it's a strength or a weakness, it's just how it is. I and mean, we, we make sure that everyone has the training that they need. Uh, our Royal College uh, requirements uh, for graduating residents that are competent and safe, uh, definitely uh, we do that. Um, but uh, it, because there's such a high exposure to a lot of uh, very subspecialized work, I think that piques the interest of a lot of the residents uh, who can see themselves in careers uh, in more subspecialized areas that fellowships would um, uh, offer them. And, and so um, we I looked recently back at our uh, last 10 years of graduates, and I would say there's maybe only been about two or three graduates over those 10 years that have gone directly into general surgery practice. So uh, although um, we're definitely open to someone who wants to do general surgery, uh, and many who have come into the program have said that as well, um, the output at the end is often the fellowship route. Um, there's not really one type of fellowship that uh, that our residents go into. Uh, there's a, a huge variety year after year. Some years um, a little bit more into one versus another, but uh, just as an example, in the last year or two, I mean, we've had people go into colorectal, thoracic, surgical oncology, MIS, uh, and... Uh, I'm probably skipping a few. There's been some ICU critical care people, one or two have gone into trauma um, and, uh, and really a, a bit of everything. And, and uh, we have those specialties at McGill. So a lot of the services that the residents were, will rotate on are usually either a mix of community type general surgery and some of the subspecialized programs or sometimes a purely subspecialized area like hepatobiliary and transplant uh, or colorectal surgery and things like that. And, and so that, that tends to be the, um, the route that uh, most of our residents take. What's the ideal applicant or candidate look like to you? What kind of strengths and abilities or what types of characteristics are you looking for in a prospective applicant? So we have a, a pretty limited ability in terms of the number that we can hire because in Quebec, uh, this is regulated by the government. So each of the medical medical schools and their residency programs uh, numbers are um, are dictated by the government. So, for example, in the coming year, we only have three spots that we can offer through CARM. So the question you ask is very critical in terms of figuring out uh, who would like to come to our program and also what we'd like from those people. Um, the uh, the best applicants are probably the ones who have showed their, the most interest in general surgery, um, have very uh, supporting letters of recommendation from the people that they've worked with. 
especially from surgeons. Um, and also um, the ones who uh, have uh, come across in an interview as the type of people that we'd like to work with. So people that at the same time are, are driven and interested in general surgery, but also uh, have a personality that uh, we, we find easy to get along with, someone that we'd love to have call us at three or four in the morning to discuss a case with us. Um, and when you're talking about just admitting a few people, I and mean, these things are really critical because uh, we, we know that um, we're, we're limited a little bit by the numbers that we're allowed to take into the program. Um, but we also feel it's extremely important to be fair to everyone who's applying and really uh, make sure that the ones who are the most interested and the ones who are, will probably get the most out of our program are the ones that we match. Um, so, uh, so it's a combination of things. It's really what you've done leading up to the program and also the type of uh, interaction and um, communication uh, skills and things like that, that we would see as you go through the program. Uh, you know, in the year after or so. I think we all know, having been a lot of us to Montreal many, many, many times, what uh, that absolutely beautiful city you live in has to offer. But, you know, from a, from a, maybe a 30,000 foot perspective, what are some of the, the extracurricular uh, or non-hospital based uh, activities and opportunities that your residents get into typically? On a normal non-pandemic year, obviously <laughs> we have a, a much better variety and offering of, uh, of events. Um, Montreal, as I, I hope you all know, is, is the coolest place in Canada. Um, not just the coldest, but also the coolest. And um, we, we're a city of festivals, we're a city of good food, we're a city of outdoor uh, events, both in the summer and in the winter. And um, because our residents also are, are quite friendly with each other, they tend to organize uh, some of these events too amongst themselves. Um, they have a, a strong residency committee that uh, plans uh, extracurricular things in addition to academic uh, retreats and things like that. Um, we do biking in the summer, we do skiing in the winter and, and everything in between. Um, we're a home to a hugely uh, popular restaurant scene uh, with very uh, exciting uh, <laughs> exciting types of restaurants. Um, obviously this year, a lot of us are eating at home alone or with our families quite a bit, but um, the, the second we're allowed to, you know, we always break out and book a couple good restaurants. Um, and uh, for those who like skiing, I mean, we're, we're definitely not gonna ski like at Whistler or uh, uh, out West, but uh, we have a, a lot of skiing that's really close to the city. So in the winter, they're skating like in the old port and things like that. And then, uh, like I said about the festivals, we have the jazz fest and the uh, different kinds of types of music festivals. Um, it's really a cool city to live. And, and those of us who live here uh, are here for a reason. And that's because uh, of all these things. And the quality of life is generally quite good um, for a reasonably priced city as well compared to a couple other places. Uh, in in the country, and so the residents um, usually uh, really enjoy that. I think cool and and funky are definitely understated uh, descriptors <laughs> of Montreal. So so good 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 for your description there for sure. 
you know, I think the last thing we, we'd like to ask you in, in respect of your time and, and, uh, and, and your program is if you could tell our, our applicants and our listeners maybe one or two things that might surprise them about the McGill program, um, you know, usually in a, in a positive light, but uh, really any light that you, that you see fit. Um, I think coming right out of medical school, you'll, especially if you weren't at McGill for medical school, you, you'd probably be a little bit surprised by the level of independence that residents have uh, when they start uh, in their training. And I don't mean independence, like just go and do stuff, but independence that uh, with the supervision and teaching and everything that they that they acquire early on, um, they get to do quite a lot uh, with the with the patients that they see, both in the emergency room, the operating room, clinics, and things like that. Um, and I, I I don't have a lot of experience with other programs in the country, but uh, when you when you look at what our residents are able to do quite early in their training, um, it's actually quite uh, incredible. And I think it's because uh, we put a lot of trust and faith in the residents that uh, that that allows them to be able to get to that skill level very quickly. Um, the other thing is, uh, I think that um, uh, the family feel of the program will be quite surprising to someone who really hasn't been in the program for very long, um, or uh, or wasn't at McGill and did a lot of rotations uh, in our program in our uh, services, for example. Um, the the residents really are a friendly bunch and they get along well and um, that's so important to their well-being and really making people happy in the program and I think those are probably the two uh, if you're asking about surprises the two biggest surprises well thank you again so much Dr. Lieberman the one question I thought we we would just uh, quickly sneak in there is uh, I'm sure it's a common question that you get uh, do applicants need to know how to speak French <laughs> They do not. Um, uh, the, as I mentioned before, we take about 10 residents per year and only three of them are through CARMS. So the others are all basically uh, from the Middle East. And so the majority of our program actually do not speak French. That being said, uh, there is an obligation uh, to serve patients in their language, especially if they don't speak English, um, a language that they understand. And, uh, and so we rely on translators, we rely sometimes on family members, but we also uh, some of the other healthcare professionals to translate. So it is very important that people know how to get the word uh, through to their patients that they're trying to explain. Uh, McGill does offer uh, courses uh, through Rosetta Stone and some others. Um, lately, they've been free and a lot of the residents uh, do take up uh, the, these opportunities and uh, it's always great to learn an extra language, but spending five, six, seven years in a place, uh, it, it is really nice to learn some of the language. And so most of the residents do uh, use that opportunity to learn some French, but it's not mandatory. You also have to remember that Montreal is an extremely uh, cosmopolitan and international city. And so about 40% of our patients speak French as a first language, about 40% speak English as a first language. And the other 20% speak a variety of other languages. And so there's an equally important emphasis on, on um, uh, speaking with those patients with their translators and things like that. And so, uh, so no, it's not obligated that anyone speak French. Um, it's helpful. It, like if I was to go somewhere 
else in Canada, if I didn't speak English, I'd probably pick up some of it pretty quickly as well. And, and that goes the same for any other country. You've been listening to Cold Steel, the official podcast of the Canadian Journal of Surgery. If you like what you've heard, please leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear your thoughts, comments, and feedback. So send us an email at podcast.cjs at gmail.com or tweet at us at CanJSurge. Thanks again.